Hi, this is Hetty. And this is Tina. And this is Love and Inclusion in, in the, the Real World. world. So, um, welcome back from winter break. Winter break. Yeah. Came and went fast. So fast. How how many of the things on your let's do this fun thing list did you actually do? Maybe three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about you guys? Uh, maybe three. Yeah. <laughs> I always have like this really ambitious list of all the great things that the girls and I are going to do during winter break. And mostly people just sleep in now. Yeah, I know. That's the thing. These yeah. kids just sleep in. Yeah. yeah. It was easier when they were little to get yes. them to do fun stuff. Yeah. And now they, they don't wake up until... Yeah. 10 10 30 sometimes yeah. 11 and then they're not ready to do anything until nope. noon and by that time i'm like um what yeah, my, the best part of my day is already gone right, right? yeah like my energy level has already like plummeted peaked yeah it's peaked and like they don't like they don't want to get up early and bake they don't want to get up early and do glitter projects no. they don't like they don't want to get up early to do anything they want to in my family they want to get up and eat what you baked yeah <laughs> like they smell it like oh. they're like the cartoon character with the little like aroma and then it, you yeah, know, like, like then there it's right. like pulls them along so anyway um we want to talk today about the concept of power yes yep so we came across a really um relevant timely study published in the journal um for the american association on intellectual and developmental disabilities and it's brand new it it's just came out in december new. yeah so um it's really um uh, a, a look at some what's happening now and we'll share the whole article on, yep. on our socials yep um but in the meantime we're going to talk about it because yeah yeah we found it very great mm -hmm. and eye-opening and honestly a little bit uh pissing me off sometimes like if i can <laughs> just say that <laughs> yeah a little bit so the title of the study is mother's perceptions of satisfaction trust and power in the individualized education program process that feels like a lot of p so iep basically yeah, but IEP i process. also i want to say that and it talks about this in the in the um in the article it originally it was families or parent participation but then they switched it to just mothers because they realized that that's the main person at the iep meeting for families and also the main person that is involved the most right. so um for all you other family members um dads grandparents aunts, aunts uncles yeah. whoever it's not that they didn't think about you they just had to when they did the study they had to do a true representation of who was in the study basically. right they like so. just needed to narrow it down to kind of eliminate some variables i think yeah right? definitely definitely so um let's talk first about even like what is power and do we feel empowered in terms of our kids education right and so like just by simple definition power is the possession of control authority or influence over others and it's the ability to act or produce an effect like it's in your power to get things done or change things or yeah. change things um yeah so what was your question do you feel empowered like do you oh, feel okay. like you, <laughs> do you feel like you have the power when you go into that conference room right and you're going to talk about the next year of your child's educational life i like to say yes mm -hmm. but the true answer is no Mm -hmm. Like, I like to think, okay, um, and, and 
you know, our IEP team, as you know, is really good. Like they, we, I get an IEP draft, I get all the stuff. So I'm able to read through it and write questions on it. And, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like I'm prepared and I feel like, okay, Brady, we got this right. And then I get in there and then, um, I mean, it's definitely progressed. So it's definitely a lot better than it used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, what about you? I think I'm kind of in the same boat, right? Like I do a lot of preparation, um, my vo- my vocation is in special education right. so i feel like i have a lot of you know like tools in your toolbox tools in my yeah. toolbox yeah um but i still like i still feel that nervous mm-hmm. knot in, yeah. the, in my stomach that says they are going to try to tell me what they're going to do with court and yep. i'm not going to be able to stop that train right right but, you know we're getting ready for transition into high school yeah and so <clears throat> Uh, like I just have so many fears Questions, about that yeah. like and I'll just give you like a little an- anecdote of why right we go to the high school open house and everybody's very friendly they're you know kind kind, of interacting with yeah. us they're kind they're enthusiastic um but one educator starts to engage us like in this conversation and she looks at Cora right and she's talking to Cora and then she just automatically says Oh, I just know you're going to love. And she names two classes that are almost exclusively for kids who are on IEPs. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it feels like, you know, the engineer is like already firing up the the train to get moving in that direction that, that I am not going to be okay with. Right. Like that's not the way where you want the train to go, so to speak. Exactly. And so, no, I don't. Right. I and wish I could say, I don't know what you're talking about, but I know exactly what you're talking <laughs> about. Right. Yeah. Um, and also too, I think, um, there's a lot of, I don't, there's a lot of stuff that we feel that's happened in years past. Right. right. Cause you know, our kids aren't, unfortunately aren't, They're you know, three, anymore. five <laughs> anymore. Right. They're, yeah. uh, um, you know, Brady's approaching, um, Next year, we'll be doing a big tra- big transition for him because it'll be adulthood, although he turns 18. But anyway, not to, that's not what we're talking about today. But um, so we have a whole bunch of stuff that, you know, we have that has happened in the past, right? right. And so naturally, sometimes we, we feel that too, right? Because even if they don't say it, don't do, we, we kind of have this wall built up a little bit like, don't you dare try to put, I mean, for, for us, and, and it's probably similar for you too. Don't you dare try to put him in a, um, exclusive special ed classroom, right? Like right. you're not messing with his, his time in general ed. Right. And right. so, um, and, and as much as you want to feel and believe that they're not going to try to do that, you still have that. Yeah. And so you have that fear and that, oh crap. It's anxiety, right? Right? Anxiety, it's anxiety. Yes, for sure. Just kind of carry it around and I think that there's even, you know, some good data that says the special education journey is one of sort of like ongoing trauma. Right. right? And anxiety. And anxiety. Yeah, for sure. So what's interesting in this study, only 16.5% of the mothers um, surveyed felt that parents held power in IEP meetings. And not not the whole power, but any power. Any power, right? right? Like held power, and that and so that like that is a really alarming statistic, right? Because what that means is that no matter who has the power, 
we're walking into meetings assuming that we don't. Right. Yeah. Right. And so Alice Walker, who wrote The Color Purple, she said the most common way people give up their power is by thinking they don't have any. And that's kind of what we're thinking when we walk in. Right. Right. Exactly. And so um, I, I think that that quote we should put on like have it on a sticky on the IEP and all of you that go to your kids IEP meetings you should have that on there the quote from Alice Walker yeah because then you can remember wait um because perceived notions right and then yep. this way you can be ready right like I'm I'm going to perceive that I have nobody has all the power right no like and nobody should have all no, the power no, because nobody has all the expertise right. and all of the information right. That's why it's a team, right? Exactly, yeah. Um, is because there there should be like uh, collaborative decision making exactly. during the IEP process. It shouldn't just be, um, it, it's not just like a, me as a parent going in and saying, do this, 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 and this, regardless of whatever the demonstrating needs are. And it's also not the school district going in and saying, we're gonna do this, 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 and this, mm -hmm. regardless of um, the insight and expertise that the parent has to bring to the whole situation um, and what the family and parent priorities are. Now, I realize that an IEP is about education, right? But oftentimes parents, I would say all the time, parents have um, information that school teams mm -hmm. don't have, that they need to have to make right decisions about what is to, going to benefit that right. student right and and families have the power they have depending on how old your kid is but regardless you have the expertise in your kid but um we've talked about this before in other um trainings that we do um you have a doctorate in your kid right, right. no matter how many initials um somebody from the school has behind their name you still have that doctorate in your kid right, right. they do not know your kid like you do no and they're also you can have the best special educators with the best intentions and all the love they can muster for your child, but they still are not vested in your child in the same way that you exactly, are. Yeah. And they shouldn't be, right? right? Like there, there shouldn't even be That'd an be expectation that yeah. they are because, um, are, you know, I know that when I think about what, what we're doing for CORE this year, what I'm also thinking about is how it's going to impact her when she's 25, 35, 45, right? Like I'm thinking about her whole life mm -hmm. um, because that's my job and because that's my heart and mm -hmm. that's my desire that she thrives throughout her lifespan. And while I think that her teachers want that, what they're looking at right in this moment is what can we how can we create growth mm -hmm. over this next school year? Well, so and that's how the IEP is different, is written. Yeah, right? You know, but so. you, but they need that perspective, right? right? Like, I, like we'll be talking a lot when we do course transition about um, expectations that post-secondary programs have for students that are admitted, because their list is vast. It's mm -hmm. A little ridiculous, but sad. <laughs> right. But, um, but I want to talk about that because I want to make sure that year over year through high school, we're preparing her to qualify for those post-secondary programs. If that's what she wants to do. It's a shame that she has to qualify, by the way, that's a whole nother podcast. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but here, but here's one thing that's really, really, really important for you to know. Number one, it was really interesting to look through the citations in this, um, 
article because while a lot of them were new, like information um, gleaned over the past five years, there were also studies about parent engagement and parent satisfaction that are as much as two decades old. So this is not new to school districts that they need to do a better job of um, creating meaningful parent participation. Um, The other thing to know is just that IDEA gives you power. Oh my gosh, yeah, it's written in there, right? Yeah. Like it gives families and students power. Right, it's not just like Tina and Hetty saying you have power, it's federal legislation saying mm -hmm. that you have power. And if it's in question, then there's also case law that has interpreted how how that how federal legislation should be applied that says p- parent participation parent power so to speak is essential oh yeah it's 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 the most if not the most i will actually let me take that back depending on the age of the student the students is the most right and then the the family is second um it also talked about in the article too about um because there was an article done a couple years ago about student involvement Mm -hmm. and and how students don't feel involved and and you know the family's just not feeling part of the process and and it gives recommendations and one of the things they said was you know when the student is old enough and capable capable and can do a student-led IEP, let them do their mm-hmm. led IEP because they know themselves the best, right? right. Um, and let them let them report out on their goals, right? And you can start helping your kids establish that power when they're really very young, mm-hmm. right? By letting them participate at, at the level that they're at, right? Yeah. So it might start out when they're in first grade answering like, what do you like about school? what's your favorite part of the day and who's your best friend at school, Mm -hmm. right? Like just simple questions that help a kid learn how to share about themselves can equate down the road to, I feel powerful about this process. And one thing that, that we like to do a lot when we get invited to IEP meetings is, um, have each team member share a growth. Mm-hmm. Um, about that student. And what's great is when the student is there, they get to hear all this great stuff, mm-hmm. right? Um, because who would not want to sit in a room with other people and let them tell you how great you are? I know. <laughs> I mean, how cool is that, right? I Especially think a student. Yeah. I think what's really cool is when we've met with the team more than once and like the first time we sort of impose yes. that structure on them and then the next time they start their yes, meeting. Yes, that was so fun. That happened like, just last week. Do, yeah, was it this that week was or last week. I it was can't last remember. week. Yeah. It was super exciting. I was like, oh, or no, maybe it was Monday. Was it just Monday? I think yeah. it might have been. But Monday. we it was so great because the yeah, the case manager started it and um and she said all right, so we're going to go around and say one thing. And both Hannah are like, yes, yay. Yes, she yeah. got that. She remembered. Yeah. So my hope is she does that for all meetings, yeah. though, not just when we're there. Yeah. So, um, so you know, he- here's the thing is, I mean, just to share some statistics with you, um, 42.5% of mothers surveyed felt bullied during the IEP process. That's almost half. Yeah. More than half. 54.3% felt like they had been coerced into accepting decisions that they were opposed to. So basically what that's saying is 53 or 54.3, sorry, percent felt like they, they agreed, not even agreed because they were coerced. I can't coerced. say that. Coerced. Thank yeah. you. That's why I let you read that part. But then I didn't realize I was going to have to say it. But anyway, um, into, into something being written in the IEP that they didn't feel comfortable with. 
Right. That they were opposed to. They were opposed to, yeah. And then 37.7 felt ashamed into yeah. agree or shamed, not ashamed, felt shamed into agreeing into a decision. Yeah, they were made to, and they felt like, like they were going to be seen as a bad parent. Right. If they didn't say okay to things that they were not comfortable with. Well, and another thing it talks about in the article is that the moms feel judged, right? Yeah. They feel judged, um, not even just like in the meeting, but things that they do at home. Yeah. And and interesting enough, there's demographics listed in um, in the study and the educational um, was pretty much even. Right? Yeah, it didn't the, matter it didn't, what level of education. Yeah, it didn't matter what level of education the, the, the mother had, they all felt the same and yep. there was no outliers. And Mm-mm. so all of it just, like I mentioned earlier, it just ticked me off because I thought, oh, for real, like, I mean, it's 2021. I know. 2022, <laughs> my bad. This was done in 2021. It's yeah, 2022. It's now 2022. Yeah. yeah. I just, I think it is so uh, upsetting, right, to think about going into this process that's so essential to your child's well-being at school, mm-hmm. right, and to walk away feeling judged or shamed by, or both or both <laughs> right like not only do you feel powerless not only do you not trust the people who are making decisions but to walk away feeling shamed and judged that's not good and bullied and, and i don't like it's hard to know exactly all of the psychology around that because that is not to say that teens purposely shame moms, oh yeah right that's not what that says it says that's how we feel about right. it and so I think that there's work, obviously work to be done on the school side, mm-hmm. right? And really a lot of reflection around what can we do to make this a more collaborative experience for families. Right. There's also work on our side as moms mm-hmm. or dads or grandparents or aunts or uncles or whatever your, um, you know, hat um, to really recognize and embrace that that we are important to the process and we matter right? right and and here's a for me like a super big reason why we're important to the process is because our kids watch us mm-hmm. right if our kids see us acting in a powerless way right then guess what they feel powerless. they feel powerless yeah. if they see us acting in collaborative productive um problem resolving Mm -hmm. kind of ways then that's what they learn to do also in in all kinds of ways that might look like the way we do it might look different right it's hard to know but I think it's really just essential that um that we really reflect reflect on how we feel when we walk into the room Mm -hmm. and what drives that and what do we have control over that we can change and impact? Right. Even as we say to school districts and states, these are the things that you need to change and impact. Right. And and it's okay to, to in a meeting to say, time out a second, right? Like, mm-hmm. I need a break. I, I need to kind of look through all of this stuff, right? And mm-hmm. it's okay to do that. And we've, we've been on meetings, it's happened to us too, where 
where the team is like, nope, let's just push through this. Let's just get done. And I've heard them say words like, let's push through this, right? Yeah. Nobody <laughs> should have to ever feel like they're being pushed through. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is this is an important document. It's a legal document and it's it follows your child for a whole year, right? And you have to feel comfortable with with what's in there. The student has to feel comfortable. Um, and so I think, um, I think this report is just really glaring about we need to get better. Yep. And so when you, so there are some things that we know that school districts can do to make things better, right? Like they can increase student involvement in the IEP process. There can be shared responsibilities in IEP creation, um, who runs parts of the meetings and how and who provides services. Right. Um, and then providing copies yes. of the draft IEP and paperwork prior to, to the meeting, um, because that's essential too. Because a lot of times, you know, they, especially when they just put it up on the on the screen because um it's hard to see sometimes right <laughs> especially depending on your and eyes especially if somebody's like oh gosh when they're scrolling, scrolling up, and up and down, down i'm yeah. like oh please just stop that, that's just a lot right <laughs> but and providing it in advance like if if i walk into a meeting and you hand me the draft ip and say okay we're gonna go over this today here you go that's you didn't give me any chance to to review that and and that doesn't seem fair right mm-hmm. um and then also um training for for mothers and family members on the IEP process, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, and I think a big thing that's missed at trainings um, mm-hmm. or that people just don't don't know, right, is the parents, the families, the mother's input, the student's input is throughout the whole IEP, right? right. It's not <laughs> There's just, not one appropriate place. Yeah, it's, yeah, there's not one appropriate place. It's all of it, right? I mean, obviously the parent can, is not going to say, oh, well, I know what they're doing in the classroom. However, they can still ask questions about their goals and what does this look like and tell me more. And so, um, and I've, I've heard people in the past say, oh, well, right here where it says student and parent involvement or no student and parent input, input. Mm -hmm. This is where, this is where the families say what they want to say. And I'm like, what? Yeah. (laughs) Yes. That's really important for, for the families and the student to have a snapshot of what their them or their student or their kid or whatever is um but your involvement y'all is throughout the whole iap process Mm -hmm. all of it from start to finish introductions to to service delivery to sealing it up yep passing it out like it's all it's you're in all of it and also um so here's some pushback that you'll get that might kind of try to take your power. Oh, we don't do drafts. We don't do draft IEPs, right? Because we hear that. Yep. Here's the thing. Okay. If you don't create an actual draft IEP, I would really love for you to send me kind of a written statement of what your thinking is. Yep. Right. Because how can you be, have meaningful participation if you're asked to respond to things in the moment that you're first seeing them? Yeah. It's not, it's really not possible. What if, um, Another time where it feels like your power is kind of taken away is whenever they're like, for instance, the IEP is going to quote unquote expire. Right. right. Like it's oh, due. gosh. Yeah. So and what courts have said is that IEPs uh, don't expire in that way. Right. Like if there's a deadline and your child is receiving special education services, they don't stop receiving those services on the date that the IEP ex- like 
is due. So yeah, yeah. So another terms that they use is the IEP is due by this day or we're out of compliance. Mm-hmm. Um, none of that is the family's fault. And none of it. courts have said that your right to meaningful participation, um, parental involvement in the creation process of the IEP is more important than yeah. those compliance dates. And so feel like, feel like you can say that, right? Feel like you can say, Hey, I understand that you have deadlines. However, this isn't settled. Right. I don't feel good. I'm not in agreement yet. I haven't heard it all. We've seen IEP teams like try to push, um, goals and service provision in the last five minutes of a meeting. There's no way that you could possibly say. Um, that the parent had meaningful participation in that. And so then, you know, they could weigh that compliance date piece against kind of them having already decided what they're going to do without parent input. So predetermination is <laughs> that what you're not, saying? <laughs> which is not great either, right? Um, I just think it's really important that when you walk into that IEP meeting, that you feel empowered yes if you feel like you don't have the power then get help get support even if it's your best friend or your neighbor to come in and sit beside you in solidarity um to help you through that hour or 90 minutes to say things like oh gosh wow this is going really fast i'm not sure that we're catching everything yeah that happens a lot too you know or like um could you clarify that? Because, you know, as moms or dads or whatever, sometimes our emotions run high. And so sometimes just having that person there can help establish your power. Um, and help you feel more like grounded. Right? Yeah. Like, okay, I got this. Yeah. And, and also too, it helps because sometimes you hear something and they hear something different. Not that it's different, but it's just the implicate implementation of it I think right is the right word because sometimes I've left IAP meetings and I was like wow is that person pretty sassy and Steve's like no right <laughs> so you know and it, I mean and it's it's normal to feel some anxiety and mm-hmm. some like I mean there's a tons of memes out there that are like oh crap IAP meeting right and, right you know there's and because it's real because it happens right mm-hmm. and um and i also want to say that there are really great iep teams out there right yeah there's um, amazing iep teams out and there. so for those of you that you know are doing great keep it up and thank also you. yeah thank you and um and you know if you're already doing these things you know making sure the students involved you know sharing responsibilities um and you know when you share those responsibilities also give um give other people there a chance to speak and really give the family a chance to speak mm-hmm. because that is so great when that happens. Um, also, one thing that's really cool is, and you can just look this on Pinterest or even Google it, um, but if you send a form to the family before the meeting about what would you like to be added, um, and you can do that, you know, there's there's ones that are for like K through 12, basically, or pre-K mm-hmm. through 12. So it can be designed um, and look different versus, the, you know, based on the age of the, the student. And you can have the student fill it out. And it's just so powerful. And it feels so great to know that you were included even before the meeting started, right? Mm-hmm. Um, providing those copies of, you know, any testing, any um, any data. Um, the draft IEP is always so great to get. 
Um, and then, you know, if there's trainings that are happening in your area virtually, share those out with families when you see mm -hmm. them come across. Because, you know, the more that the family is involved, the better the better the student's going to be. The more students involved, the better it's going to be. Mm -hmm. um, and the better their relationships are going to be. Yep. So, so grab your power. Grab your power <laughs> and hold on to it. Grab, like, grab your, the power. like know, know that it, you already have it. Yes. Right. It's not like you're grabbing something that's not yours. Yeah. Like you already have it. And you're entitled to it. You're entitled to it. Um, if you don't believe us, check out some case law. Look at Board of Education versus Raleigh. Look at Doug C versus Hawaii. Like it is in there where um we'll try to share more authoritative people than tina and hetty <laughs> say in a fair amount of legalese legalese yeah <laughs> you as parents have power have the power so that's all we've got for you today <laughs> <laughs> thanks y'all for turning in yeah what do we say next this is hetty this is hetty and this is tina <laughs> and this is love and inclusion in, in the, the real, real world, world.